are not here this morning, uh, we've been ministering a lot of word here, so uh, we minister a lot of word here. Amen. And my job is to teach you the Bible. We got all, we got eternal life, so we got time. Amen. Amen. And the book of Genesis chapter number two, we want to go down and look at verse number seven through verse nine, 15 through 17. And then we're going to go to our subject. When you get there, say amen. All right, Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 7. Let's read. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that's pleasant to the sight and good for food the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We're going to go down to verse 15, 16, 17. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Every man, every tree, I'm sorry, of the garden thou may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. Well, let's go see that he eat it. Genesis chapter number three. And the verse number four. So God told him, if you eat of the tree of not the good and evil, you're going to surely die. Genesis three, four. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. You may be seated. Now, Heavenly Father, we thank you now for your eternal salvation. We thank you for your divine grace. Thank you for your divine provisions. Thank you for your divine health. Thank you for your divine protections. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you for your everlasting salvation. We honor you. We praise you. We appreciate you. We can't do nothing without you, and we don't want to. Thank you for being our Heavenly Father, and thank you for taking up residence in us for eternity. In the blessed name of our Lord Jesus, we pray, and all agree that prayer said amen. Amen. All right, now, what I want to do today is continue. If you were not here this morning, you need to get the tape. We talked about Christ is the wisdom of God slash tree of life. Christ is the wisdom of God. We have to know what that means now. It means the tree of life. Let's go back and show you that. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number. Uh, we're going to start reading verse 13. I'm going to read that 13 through 18. There's no way I can get out of that. Proverbs chapter number 3, and we're going to start reading verse 13 through 18 because we're going to show you that wisdom is the tree of life. So if you know wisdom is the tree of life, then you got to know why, what I must preach if you're going to get the tree of life. So you can go to churches and they can just talk about water baptism and circumcision and foot washing and all this stuff. You're not going to get no, tree, no eternal life. Man, they can preach faith. You're not going to get no eternal life. How are you going to get it? Faith is not wisdom, and wisdom is not faith. 
So you got to understand when you go to churches, you got to know what you're listening for. How are they going to get me eternal life? Here we go. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. We're going to start reading verse 13. We're going to read that down to verse 18. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandiser of wisdom is better than the merchandiser of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies, and all the things that can be desired. And, and, verse, and not to be compared to her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness and all her path of peace. She is a tree of life. Now we know she is the tree of life because that's who Christ is, the wisdom of God. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold on her and happy is everyone that retaineth her. So that's that's the wisdom of God. But I want to show you in the New Covenant where the Bible also said Christ is the wisdom of God. Let's show you that now because I'm going to go get into the Word of God today. Uh, matter of fact, i do that when I get to, to, to uh, 1 Corinthians because I want to get to that today. Now, I gave you that because in my teaching, I had already talked about in volume 3. I talk about the Lord Jesus crushed the serpent head so we know the serpent has been defeated. Then we talked about in part, the next part, how did the serpent deceive Eve? Well, if the serpent deceived Eve, let's go back and show you first that the serpent been defeated. Let's go back and show you that. Anybody remember the verse to help me out by X for it? Now, Hebrew chapter 2, the serpent been defeated. Hebrew chapter 2, verse 14. So when you talk about the serpent been defeated, that's Hebrew chapter 2, verse 14. He'd been defeated already. Jesus defeated the serpent. You, you, you know match for the serpent. The Lord Jesus himself had to come and do that. All right. Now, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. For as much then as children are partakers of the flesh and blood, Christ also himself, it says he in the King James, likewise to part the same, that he through death might destroy him that had the power of death, and then he told you who he was. That is the devil. So you got to understand the devil has been defeated. The devil has been destroyed. Okay? Now you may start around and say, we still got, no, you got demons. You got devils. All right? But you don't have the devil. All right? Now, you, you got to know that because that's the revelation of King David and Goliath. Okay? That's why you don't have a, no more killing of Goliath. One more one time. Goliath was a type of Satan, and King David was a type of Christ Jesus as king. And we know how he killed him with the rock. And we know who the rock is. All right. All right. So, all right. so that's what all that stuff will be meaning in the Old Covenant, okay? Now, let's go to Isaiah 55 first. We're going to do that. We're going to give you a little... We're going to get there. Isaiah chapter 55. We're going to look at the first three verses. From the book of Isaiah. This morning you get that tape because we went through a lot of things we're not going to be able to go back through today. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 1, 2, and verse number 3. When you get there, just say amen. amen. All right. Now Isaiah 55 said, this is Isaiah where prophecy. Now remember all of this has been fulfilled in Christ because in the new covenant all promises has been fulfilled. All right. Now he said, hold, now 
yo, new, new, to you today, yo, but it's whole, right? Uh, everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters. He that had no money, come ye, buy and eat. You come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfies not. Hearken diligent to me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Remember the emphasis on the word soul. Increase, I mean say, incline your ear and come and hear. So that's what you do. You come and you hear, and your soul shall live. Remember, he's talking about eating because that's what you do with your ears. You hear. All right? You believe, and then your soul shall live. Well, what are you eating? Let's go to, Isaac, let's go to uh, Jeremiah. Let's find out what you're eating. The word of God just broken down, isn't it? I got four out of that. Jeremiah 15, 16. Thank you for those four amen. Jeremiah 15, 16. Told me what I was supposed to be eating. See, the word of God is already broken down. What you're supposed to be eating. Jeremiah chapter 15 and one verse, verse 16. Now, I just gave you Isaiah. Remember that? I told you, Isaiah told you to come and eat. Isaiah 55, verse 1 through 3, right? Well, what are we going to be eating? Here we go. Thy word was found, and I did eat them. So what are we eating? God's word, right? The word eat means believe, right? Thy word was found, and I did eat them. Thy word was unto me the joy and rejoice in my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. All right, so we come because we're going to eat the word, right? All right, that's why we're here. My job as your pastor, Jeremiah 3.15. We're in Jeremiah, let's bag up. In Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. This is my responsibility, see. Jeremiah chapter number 3 and verse number 15. I learned this verse from Minister Eva Brown. I was in the basement, and uh, she read this verse. She says, I asked her about her coming to the door of faith. We were in the basement, a condemned building, and she was there, you know, and I'm going like, Lord, I must be doing something right. You know what I mean? Professional woman. I don't know if you know about Sister Brown, but she is a professional woman. But anyway, she told me, she said, the Lord gave me this verse. And this is what he said to me. She stood up and read it. She says, uh, and I will give you pastors according to mine own heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. I'm going like, that's me? That's who I am? So she the one who sold that verse in my life. But I learned, but that's my responsibility, is to feed you. And I'm a pastor. My job is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen? All right. Now, I told you in this series before, Eve got in trouble because she ate the wrong tree. Ain't that right? So last week we talked about eat the tree of life and your soul shall live. Let's show you that in Genesis 3, 22. Just one verse. God told Eve if she eat the tree of life, she should live forever. Well, if you know eat the tree of life, you should live forever, can't nobody fool you with no water baptism to be saved. Because you can't eat no water baptism. He, just, he did not say, eat water baptism, be saved. It's nowhere in the Bible that told you water baptism will save you. But one place, and it was a type and a shadow 
that happened in the days of the flood. And people go by that and see right there, the Bible said, water baptism was now save you. And people are flocking there. You can't get saved because you got water baptized. If it did, why you did it three times? Some of y'all did it at least three times. How many did it three? Come on, just the man over there, honest man. Honest man over there. How many did it three times? Three times, three times, three times. Well, baptism will save you. you. You can do it four times, he's going to save you. We only got one Savior. How many know he's Savior? That's who Christ is, the Savior. He came and he saved us. This is okay. Clap your hand. He came and he saved us. For him to save us, he had to give us give his life to save us. Ain't that right? Now, uh, we're going to show you that verse. Then we're going to go show you uh, Romans, First uh, Corinthians five eight. After that, Romans five eight. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. I think that's Romans five eight. We're, we're going to read this verse. And the Lord God said, "Behold, the man's become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he should put forth his hand, take of the tree of life." Eat and live forever. Well, if, if you could eat the tree of life in the beginning of the Bible and live forever, how can we get off of that? So people have been telling you, well, you do this here, you have eternal life. That's not in the Bible because we just showed you wisdom is eternal life. So we have to know that that tree in the garden was wisdom. Now, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians, there it is, Romans 5 8. The Bible said, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were your sinners, Christ died for us. Well, if Christ died for us, then let's go over and look at 1 Corinthians. Let's show you one more. 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. And start reading somewhere over there. No, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 5, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 5, and we'll start reading somewhere around verse 12 from there. I'm breaking a new Bible here. Verse 14. Let's go down to verse 14. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, right? Verse 14 says, For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge. If one died for all. I said one man died for all. Well, if one man died for all, we only got one Savior. So you don't, you don't get deceived, let somebody get pretty until you get baptized in water, you get saved. Those people, I don't want to be saying that, but those people came out of a C church who believe in water baptism. That's who made up the A church. That's all I can say. You, know, you do know that, right? You know why people call them the A church. That's why they call themselves now the A church. Well, they came out of the C church. And that's why they believe in baptism. Can't say it no more. I can't mess my tape up because I'm on podcast now and all this other stuff I can't be saying. So you just got to get it. Bump somebody and say, do you know what he said? Tell me. All right, let's move on. For the love of Christ, for the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Okay? All right. Now, since he died for all, let's read another verse of that. And that he died for all, that they which live now should not henceforth live to themselves, but unto him, him, not them, him, 
which died for them and rose again. See, only one man died for you. So don't get a critic of nobody else. Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, wherefore, no, if any man, wherefore, henceforth, know we no more after the flesh. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth know we him no more. Because therefore, if any man be in Christ, that's what I was trying to quote. He's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So he is the man. That's the man who died for you. Don't get nobody else to praise. All right, now what I'm going to do now, I'm going to get into it. I tell you anything else I'm going to do first. Okay, we're going to go to uh, 1 Corinthians. I, I need, no, let's go to Romans. Romans chapter number 12. Are you ready for that? Go to the NLT. Not you, but the people behind the scenes. Romans chapter 12. Now I'm going to show you at the moment. I'm going to show you just a moment some things I want to show you. Now I like my little seat right here. You know I left me enough to sit down. You notice that? All right. I got that from Dr. Frederick Casey Price. He always liked to sit in the church and sit down. I, I said, I like that. If I get to church, I'm going to put, the, put my little here and make a seat. Okay, we're going to go back and look at the NLT, but what, what are we going to go to? Romans chapter 12. Bump somebody and say, get ready for this. Now this, I, I, I got this NLT at the house, and I'm going through the Bible reading the NLT. New Living Translation. And in my, in my little study that I got there at my office, and what I do is I just read a chapter every day. And I read this chapter on the NLT, and, it's, and I got it marked in my Bible. You want to do it on the screen, do's and don'ts. Because that's what this chapter is talking about, what? Do's and don'ts. So we're going to see how many do's we got and how many don'ts we got in here, right? He's talking about once you're saved. Now, one thing I want to say about the tree of life Eve ate of the tree of neither good and evil because of the three things it was good for food. Pleasant eyes, memory, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and then it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. So that's the pride of life. All right? So she ate that tree because she thought it would make her wise. Now you got to hear what I'm saying because that out of the two trees, only one tree gave life. Now just think what she did. She ate the tree. The enemy had her to eat the tree because it would make her wise. Why, need, why not eat the other tree and you have eternal life? Otherwise, you can be wise and go into hell. Right? You eat the tree of neither good and evil, you're going to be wise. But you're going to die and go to hell because you didn't eat the right tree. All right? Now watch this. This is about the do's and the don'ts. Like the birds and the bees, this is the do's and the don'ts. So in your Bible, if you don't mind about writing Romans chapter 12, the do's and the don'ts. And then when I get to the do's, somebody's going to say do's. Now I get to the don'ts, somebody's going to say that's a don't. You, you know what I mean? We're going to do it like that. Here we go. We want the NLT on the screen. Thank you very much. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. That's, these are do's, right? Give your uh, bodies to God because of all he has done for you. So why do you give your body to God? Because of all he's done for you, right? And then it, that's a do, right? All right. Then it said, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. So let's see what worship really is. Giving your life your bodies, holy to the Lord, 
is worship. What if you give your body not to the Lord? Then you are still worshiping, but you're worshiping somebody else. You got to understand that? So that's why the devil always wants your body. Because that's the only way you can worship. See, that's why he said, God, the spirit, they that worship him, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, so here, watch this word again. He said, no, let's back up to verse one. He says, he says, and dear brother, don't, dear brothers and sisters, I plead you to give your bodies. He, he makes sure he said, your bodies to God, give them to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice. See, you're just going to give yourself to the Lord. The kind, watch what he says, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And when I saw that, I'm going like, oh my God. So your living for the Lord is how you worship the Lord. Okay. Is that good? You got that on the, 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 do, them the do sections. Okay, let's keep up. Now we're going to go to the don't. I saw that I'm going like do's and don'ts. I said, I got a margin. He said, now don't copy the behavior of customers. I'm sorry. Custom. Don't copy the behavior of customs of the world. See, people of the world, guys, wear their pants off their butts. You don't want to, well, you, you know what I mean? Just like, don't copy that. So when you see something the world is doing, that's because they do it. don't mean you got to do it. Okay, let's move on. You, I, I, watch, I watch professional athletes, and I sit there, guys making four, five, ten million dollars a day, and then they'll turn around and they get all their braids and they put it all up in them. I'm going like, what is that? It's just like, how can you play ball with all that stuff? That's just me now. I don't know if you ever think about that. way. Let's move on. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now remember, this is the only way it's going to happen. You're not going to be changed until the, unless he changed you the way you think. So that's why you have all of this stuff out of here. Professional athletes, that's why I, I'm disgusted with them, because they are the ones who are leading a lot of our young people into error. I'm talking about the way you dress and all this other stuff. All right. And they should not be. They should be role models. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasant and perfect. So he's telling you if you'll take this procedure and walk it out in the earth, you'll learn God's will for your life. Then he said, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Here we go. This warning is a dump. Don't think you are better than you really are. Isn't that good, don't? Come on, bump your, bump your neighbor and say, I'm not looking over there. Now he says, don't think, don't think you're better than you really are. That's a good don't, isn't it? Then it says, here's a do, here's a do. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Now be honest of the evaluation of yourself and don't think of yourself more highly than all the things. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be evaluating yourself. All right. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measure yourself by the faith God has given you. 
Just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body, we are many parts in one body. We all belong to each other. Come on, somebody say, we all belong to each other. Now, he says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. All right? So if God has given you the ability to, this word, they use the word prophesy, but it means speak the word, which is preaching. Okay. If he gave you the ability to teach the word like myself, but he used the word preaching, prophesy, but that means speak the word. Then speak out with much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, now you got to have one of these because you're in the body. If your gift is serving you, then serve well. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. Don't be giving them half-hearted service. Now we served the women, yes they did we. Did we serve y'all real nice? Yeah, that's right. My wife made me out a, 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 a menu. She said, now here's the menu. I said, I'm going to leave the menu on the kitchen table. Because she know I got this. If you are a teacher, teach well. If, if your gift is encourages others, See, you may just have a gift just to encourage somebody. Be encouraging. Get on the job. Start encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. You know you got the money. We don't have it. You don't pay the, you don't help us out. We ain't gonna pay the bill. Everybody don't have the gift to give. Just like singing. We got choir members who can sing. If you don't sing, then what's we going to do in the church? We got music, you understand? Everybody has something to give. All right, now here's another. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. This is not a game. Other people are following you. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it with a smile on your face. Do it gladly. Here's a don't. Don't just pretend to love others. That's a good one, ain't it? Boy, these are some good do's and don'ts, ain't it? Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what's good. Love each other with general, genuine affections. That's how you're supposed to love people. That's why we stop. My wife, I love her how she does this. She makes sure everybody get a chance to go everywhere they need to go in the church and make sure you're able to, to love on somebody. That's what we were about here. We don't want to go to church and forget to meet people, greet people. All right, that's why I talked to my guy yesterday. We was, I, I let me have the oversight yesterday at the cooking over the cooking, so I told him I'm in charge just for a few hours. <laughs> My brother, Otz, he know what I mean. But anyway, our whole thing is fellowship. 
The whole thing with the women is fellowship. That's why we just love the way y'all did that. So beautiful. We had our sister here this morning. She was at church this morning. Who's our speaker for the Sunday, this past Sunday. This past Saturday. What's her name? Sister what? Sister, I know the Hindu, but this. Sister Jennifer Hindu. All right, now she was our speaker. Well, you should never forget Jennifer. See, that's what we fellowship for. Amen. We want to make sure everybody, you may not, you may not know, you may not know, Sister Crump could be looking at you now for the next women fellowship. Can't never tell. So don't pretend you love others. That ain't good, is it? He said, really love them. He said, hate what's wrong, hold tightly what's good, love each other with genuine affection. Affection. Take the light in honoring each other. I love that. Take the light in honoring each other. You don't always have to be the person honored. Honor somebody else. Say good things about people. This is why one of the greatest things I love is in that foyer. You guys just don't know. I, that's one of the highlights of my day is being in the foyer, meeting the people. I love it. All right. Now, he said, never be lazy. <laughs> I, I'm not going to look. No, I'm looking straight ahead. You know, I had a guy that he still go here for, as I'm concerned. His name is David Thompson. And David Thompson said to me one day, he said, Pastor Crump, if you ever want to get something done, don't get a lazy man. I said, okay. But he said it this way, get a busy man. All right. Now he said, never be lazy, but work hard. Work what? Work hard and serve the Lord. Are you serving the Lord? I thought you were serving people. See, that's what we got to understand. What we do in the church, you're not doing it for one another. Everything you're doing in the church, you're doing it as unto the Lord. Give the Lord a big hand. I like that. All right. He said, rejoice. Am I there? Okay, he says. Rejoice in our confidence, hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. Come on, bump somebody and say, keep on praying. Yeah. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. That's the focus of this ministry. We're not there yet. We're on our way. Because is, this is what we want to walk out in this church, is be able to help people. You know, you, know, you, get, you get little nasty letters. Y'all are always begging. You know, that's not kind to, to write me a letter like that. <laughs> if I don't come and do the thing in often time, how are we going to pay the bills of the church? Y'all are always begging. We don't act for but one offer in a, in a service. We put people up here at the end of the service in case somebody didn't get the offering. Y'all are always begging. That, that's, that's, that really hurted me, okay? I don't beg for nothing. You know, but my job is to ask. I pray, I pray that the Lord will send you to church and I pray the Lord will send people who got some money. I, ain't no need me lying. If you ain't got no money, you can't help, but you can do something else. There are folks God will speak to their heart to come. I had a man just told me, over, sitting over here, Minister Cannon, he just told me, he said, I give your tape out at, at my job 
And I said, look, get, let me give you my podcast now. Make sure you give it to all. He said, these guys are millionaires. He said, one person made, got a $4 million bonus. $4 million bonus. I said, make sure that you get my tapes. <laughs> Look, we're talking about for the ministry. You just don't know. Listen, let me tell you something. I've been in ministry 40 years. I listened one time to, to Pastor Ben and Hen. Matter of fact, we've been in his church several times before he went to Texas. But anyway, that was one of my guys because he was in the gifts of healing, which I was, my wife. Every time we go to Orlando, we would go to his church. And so when I went there one time, he said this. He said, I think I saw this on television, though. But he says, one day, he was in the church, sir, was just ministering like I am now. He said, you know what? He says, the, a person said to me, Pastor, I want to tell you something the Lord told me. And he said, okay, go ahead on, brother. You know, Benny. <laughs> he said, the Lord told me to write this check out, because this is what your church owes, and give this check to you to pay off your church today. You know, Benny. Amen, brother. <laughs> and then after that, Benny was going to go on and minister. He said, Pastor Benny, I'm not done. He said, then the Lord said to me to give you this check to pay off your house. Oh, now, yeah. watch this. If you think I'm lying, go back and check that out. I saw that on television. Now, I, Benny wasn't asking the people for to do that. That's what the Lord told the person to do. Now, if you was... Uh, Bloomberg, you all do know Bloomberg, right? He's running for president now. I'm not trying to give him no publicity because he has a hundred billion dollars, but you know Bloomberg, probably the richest man that's in America, pretty much. Hundred billion running for president. Well, if God spoke to Bloomberg, what is a million and a half gonna do to Bloomberg? Do you understand what I'm saying? We're talking about things we could do here if we didn't have to pay the mortgage. Now we're going to pay it all. And for the, for, let you know, we're already down to 1.44. Just let you know. We already came from 6.5 to 1.44. We headed that way. And we ain't begging. We ain't begging. Every three months, we're going to serve you in the gym after service. That's just going to be from this ministry. And I'm talking about, you know how we do, barbecue, real, we're talking about the whole shop. That's going to be every three months. It ain't just the last time we did it. Every three months, we're going to do that. And you get out of church one Sunday, we're going to say, come over to the other side, have lunch. We're going to do that. We're going to do that here. Now, if you was in the children's church, you'd be eating today. Did y'all eat good, son, yesterday? Y'all ate real good, didn't you? Sure you did. Make sure you ate good. Make sure you ate good. But we want to make sure we take care of this house. Now, let me get back, back and make a mess. Now, I gave you 1 Corinthians. I want, I want to do 1 Corinthians again, and we're going to go to verse 17. 1 Corinthians 1, 17. We're going to do this out of the NLT. Now, I did Romans already. Mother, did you like your oranges? All mothers yesterday got packs of oranges. Mother, that fellowship gave oranges. 
I look for this mother. This is one of the mothers of the church right here, too. One of our newest mothers. See her right here with the red on? Stand up, mother. That's one of our newest mothers here. Thank you. Amen. Amen. This, this, this house, I got another mother I'm working on there. I've seen her in here. That's one right. Stand up, sister. I'm not going to bother. That's one I'm working on right there. That's, glad to have. This sister's been here quite a while, but I'm still staying on. You know, but, and if you feel like you want to be a mother of this church, just come to me and let me know. Let's talk about it. We'll put you on the wall. <laughs> Take your picture today. All right. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Now, I'm doing this because I'm showing you this is Paul writing about wisdom. He's going to tell you who wisdom is. All right. Now here it is. We read out the NLT. Christ didn't send me to baptize. But he sent me to preach the good news, not with the clever speech. Now, remember, his whole ministry was against false speaking. And not just evil speaking, but people speaking who've been eating from the wrong tree. That's why I gave you this morning from James. Can I go back to James 3.13 first? And then we come back to 1 Corinthians 1.18, 1.17. Because James really gave us a good background in the two wisdoms. The two wisdom is the two trees. Say that with me. The two wisdom is the two trees. So the tree of knowledge of good and evil only means earthly wisdom. It's earthly, it's come out of the mind, and it's demonic. Then there's heavenly wisdom, which is a revelation of the mystery that Paul preached. Now, if Paul didn't preach it, it's not for your soul's salvation. It's not the tree of life. Only Paul preached the wisdom of God. Amen. So, if, so you can't go over here to Peter, James, and John ministry. This was not for you. It was for the Jewish believer, the church of God. So when people take you back to Acts chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, Paul was not even in the ministry yet. But they're trying to offer you something back there in Acts that John the Baptist preached for your salvation. Now, you need to know that because that's a different tree. That's all you have to be able to look at, all right? Now, let's keep going. What did I give you? James 3, 13. He said, who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation the way he lived his work with meekness of wisdom. Because if you got the wisdom of God, it's going to be demonstrated in the way you live. If you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, lie down against the truth. Remember, Paul preached the truth. I asked the people this morning what the word truth is, and they gave me, what was it? The revealed word. I think everybody remember that, right? Only Paul preached the revealed word. That's the word truth. Okay? So you don't have to take my, go to Webster and ask Webster what is the revealed word. This wisdom descended not from above. Now remember the Bible already told you in James, every good gift, I think that's James 1, 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above, from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So if it didn't come from above, it's not a good gift. Right. Ain't that right? Amen. With the word good gift, that means spiritual. Right? It's not heavenly. So everything you get come from above. There it is. Every good gift, there it is. And every perfect gift cometh from above from your Father. Everything you get in this earth, your father sends it down to you. Boy, I should have got at least five amens. 
Don't you think, you don't understand how it gets manifested in your account, but it comes from above. All right. Every good gift, every perfect gift coming from above, from the Father, coming down from the Father of life, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He's not going to change his mind. You are a child, and he promised to take care of you. You got to walk in faith and got to believe God. That's what I do with this church. I pray for you this morning at 418. I pray for you every Sunday morning at 4, 4, 430. That's my... Sunday morning, early time. Not included in it when we come in here, but I get up in the morning. That's my time to pray for you. But I want to pray. I want every time I think about you, I want to pray for you. I got some people in the house. I, I was talking to one of the daughters yesterday. I don't, know, I don't know if she's here. And I said to the Lord, I asked the Lord to give her a miracle. I don't know. Are you here? Now you know you're here. I'm talking to you over there. I hadn't seen you over there. But I ask you to give your mother a miracle. Now, if you don't know, that's Sister Cheryl, folks. Sister, they sisters. I don't know. I think I seen Sister Cheryl, didn't I? That's Sister Cheryl right here. <laughs> All right. But, I, but were you out there, out there when I asked her, the God to give your mother a miracle? You weren't there? But anyway, that's what I asked. Now, I did not know what I was asking for. But that's when the Lord said to me uh, that that he's going to give her a miracle. I told a lady, her mother, I said, you know what? God's going to give you a miracle. Now, I did not know what she's going to have to go through. Your mother went through. Woo! As a matter of fact, they came to a time where the doctor thought they had lost her. Twice. And they took her to Ann Arbor because... They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what was wrong. How long was she in the hospital? 172 days. 172 days. I'm talking about nobody knew what was wrong with her. She bleeding on the inside. Nobody knew where it was coming from. And every time they get her ready, think she's ready, she, 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 she rushed back to emergency again. 172 days. I did not know when God told me, he said, he's going to give her a miracle. I went to the hospital, big mouth, and told her, God, right in front, God going to give you a miracle in the name of Jesus. And next day, she intense care. Am I lying? <laughs> Lord. But today, she had moved into her own house. Just make a long story short. She has moved. She has moved into her, back into her own house, taking her own business. As a matter of fact, I think you told me. One of you told me. You said, you told me. You says, you keep. What she say? What she tell you? She getting herself together so she can start back driving. This is so awesome. She. This woman, I mean, it's just like God gave her a miracle. He really did. But he showed me, he said, that was the only way I can keep her alive. I had to give her a miracle. So now I call her a miracle. Now one day, she's going to come up in here. That's what I'm telling y'all now. And you know when I see her walk up in here. I got some folks, Ace and Mama. Ace and Mama to go here, God gave her a miracle. Amen. See, a lot of folks ain't got the miracles up in here. Right. 
When I mean by that, when I went to General Hospital, Ace's mother was dying. That's all I can say. And when I went in and seen her, I mean, it hurted me so bad, I told AC, you bring her to church in the morning. That was on a Saturday. She said, I don't know if she'd be able to, she, is any of the daughters here? They around here somewhere. But anyway, her mother was so weak until she walked like, they was holding up, bringing around that corner. She couldn't even stay up long enough to sit up in the service. But when I saw her got up, got ready to take out, I said, hold on, don't take, don't take out, bring up here. While I'm ministering, and the Lord touched that woman, body, and God gave her strength in her body, and she was able to stay the whole service. She go everywhere she want to go now. Amen. She drives to Arkansas by herself. I'm telling you, I believe God. I don't think God just doing this for me to show off. He just interrupted my message. For as I'm concerned, and I don't believe God interrupted my message, which is his message, unless there's somebody in this house that God has a miracle for. I just, I'm just a firm believer. There's somebody in this house right now that's in pain. You need to stand up in your feet. You've been having pain all day long. See, there are some people in this house that God going to do something for. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Now, I'm not praying for nobody else. Don't tell me later on, uh, uh, you know, Pastor, the Lord told me to see you. No, he didn't tell me to see you out of the service. <laughs> while I'm talking, while I'm running off my mouth right now, the Holy Ghost is working. I just believe God that when he's doing something, he lets you know he's doing something because he leads and guides you through your thinking. You didn't hear what I'm saying. You can be running your mouth on saying something and God will change what you're going to say and then all of a sudden you'll be like, what was I finna say? I couldn't even think about what I was going to say. You know why? Because the Lord put you another thought that he wants you to think something else. But I want you to just stretch out your hands, the rest of y'all. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love. Now, this is going to be on, on tape. Hallelujah. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. I thank you for the anointing of the Spirit of the living God. You have free range in this house right now, Lord, to touch the people that's in this house who need a church right now. In their bodies, in their minds, in their families, in their finances, I'm talking about miracles of being birthed in this place right now. In the name of Jesus, our Lord. And Lord, I thank you right now for ministering to those who have pains in their bodies. In the name of Jesus. Now, once you know the pain is gone, you don't need to be standing up wasting my time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I rebuke every evil spirit. I come against every spirit of sickness and every spirit of, every spirit of disease, every spirit of pain, every spirit that the enemy is trying to throw at them. You, you can't function in this house. You can't prosper in this house because this is the Holy Spirit work. This is the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and the anointing of the Holy Ghost is coming upon you now. 
The anointing of the Holy Ghost is coming upon you now. Now, in the name of Jesus, now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. See, when the Holy Ghost come upon you, your pain gonna leave. You can't stay there. So whatever you was doing, how you were feeling, you just gotta check yourself out. You can't just wait around. The anointed already, half of the folk already sat down. You need to examine yourself. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I praise you for it, Father. Hallelujah. I, I'm, I'm so foolish enough to know that you are God. I praise you for it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. I thank you for deliverance in this house. I thank you for deliverance in this house. Hallelujah. I thank you for taking the pain out the bone. I thank you for taking the pain out of the bone. In the name of Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for that anointing, that precious Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That anointing. Hallelujah. Glory to God forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All you got to do is just believe him. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to do nothing. But if you can believe, all God asks you to do is believe. Just put yourself out there and say, God, I'm going to trust you on this one. Hallelujah. That's all he wants you to do. He is the deliverer. He is the savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me, let me get back. Let me go to my word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You never have to worry about God. You never have to worry about God. God does not start something unless he finished. I'm telling you right now. I just got off on something and I had to finish it because I felt the Spirit of God want me to do what I did. It happens all the time. It don't have to be with me. It can be with you. 1 Corinthians 1.17. Let me go back to work. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians 17. 1 Corinthians 1.17. Paul is telling them about wisdom. Now remember, Paul preached the wisdom of God. He preached Christ. But he's going to say, Christ did not send me to baptize. See? He sent me to preach the good news. He preached me the good news that is the wisdom of God, which is Christ or the power of God, which is Christ. But he says, and not with clever speech. So you got to understand the people he was up against, they were speaking some other stuff. And, and, and Paul would let him know that's not the gospel. See, you have to be able to know what is the gospel, what's not the gospel. Until you realize what the gospel of Christ is. That's why in this verse it's going to tell you in Romans 1, 16 and 17 is another one. But here Christ did not send me to baptize. See, he sent me to preach the good news. Not with clever speech for fear that the cross of Christ will lose its power. So you got to understand if I don't preach Christ, if I preach something else, then I take away the power from the cross. See, that's why I can tell people in here, you can stand up and God's going to touch your body. Because I know what I'm going to preach in here. But the key is, it doesn't stop because I stop preaching. The word of God, once it goes forth, it never stops. It never stops until it's finished. How many, how many know what that is? The Bible told you the word of God will not return void. 
Isaiah 55, I can hear that much over here. Isaiah 55 what? 11? Isaiah 55, 11. See, the word of God prospers in the thing with sin. Once the word of God went out, it ain't coming back saying I couldn't do it. Isaiah 55, 11. Mark another one in your Bible. Helping you out. So shall my word be. He talking about the word that go forth out of his mouth. What Paul preached this, the Holy Ghost said it. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish. The word does. The word accomplished what God pleased. The word. See, it's when Christ came here, that Christ came here and pleased the Father. Same way with this word, because this word is the same yesterday today and forever. So shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall prosper. Watch this. In the thing. It shall not return to me void. Put that other part back up there. But it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper. Look at that parenthesis. In the thing. So whatever the thing was. Somebody say amen. It's going to prosper. See, I got some people right now. I got a sister who, Sister Lita Johnson just called, called me and let me know she was in the hospital yesterday. Praying for her. Sister Rhonda Dawson just got out yesterday. Sister over here, daughter just got out. See, we got different people we're praying for. People in the nursing home. People in the hospital. Never stop. My phone going off. So this is how I know how this stuff works. And I tell the people, I got that. When they call me at 4 o'clock in the morning and say, Pastor, I'm going through something right now, I'll text them back and say, I got that. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about I got that. I'm just a man between them and over here. Because if I'm a mailman on Sunday, I, got, I can be a mailman on Monday. Same mailman. But I take the mail to and fro. So when you tell me you're going through something, I'm taking the mail this way. Because I can't handle it. So I go here and I cast my on the Lord. And I tell the Lord what you're going through. Because I can't, I can't help you. I can't make it happen. But I know how to do cows. Like Psalm 22, find it for me. Psalm 22 says you cast your cows on the Lord. And the Lord will sustain you. You got to know how to do when you're going through something. Take it to the Lord. Take everything to the Lord. Got to know how that works. I'm not walking around burdened down. I can't carry your burdens. But I take them to the Lord. I don't care how heavy it is. That's why Jesus stayed in prayer. Because he had the people's burdens. And he took them to the Lord, took them to the Father, over, turn them over on the Lord. Did you find that yet, Psalm 22, is that it? Y'all ain't look for no scripture. First Peter 5, 7, 2, yeah, go there. First Peter 5, 7, New Covenant. Let me get back to my message here. Man, I tell you the truth. What was 55.22? Okay, I said it wrong. I heard it. I heard it. First Peter 5, 7. Cast all your cares. Casting all, how many? 
all your cares on him. Why? Why? Tell me why you should do that. Because he, he cares. This ain't done. You're not doing it for me. You're doing it for him. That means roll them over. See, that's what you do with your back. Some of y'all never pick cotton. I'm sure you get to the end, you couldn't drop that thing. You just had to roll it over. That, that sack was heavy, boy. You roll it over on the Lord. He cares for you. Is there another part go that verse? He has never, I, oh, Jesus, let me get my back in my, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians 1, 17. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians 1, 17. We're reading this out of the NLT. Brother, let me tell you something. Christ did not send me to battle. That's why people don't understand. That's, that's Old Testament. God sent him to preach the good news, not with clever speech, for the for, and not fear the cross. The cross of Christ would lose his power. Then he said in the next verse, the message of the cross is foolish to them who are headed for destruction. See, people do not say this is foolish. But we who are being saved, now I know that he like to use the word being saved. Being saved, you are being saved mentally, but you are saved for your soul in Christ. You're saved already in Christ. Christ died for your sin. He saved you, okay? Now, there's a progress going on in the renewing of your mind. That's, I hope that's what he's talking about. Uh, but he says, no, being saved, no, it is the very power of God. So all those who say would know, know that's the power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wife. Now, you got to understand, that's why when you preach Christ, that's what Christ is doing. He's destroying the wisdom of the wife. Now, what that means is we have things in our minds that we've been given and talked to about other folks told us about saved. Just like that was the time I was on the morning bench. And I thought you had to be on the morning bench. And when I got in, as pastor, I would like ask the Lord, you know, where I'm going to put the morning bench. You know, just like, well, you don't need no morning bench. When I just thought about it, I said, well, we are the morning bench. I'm like, we, 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 these churches up here don't have morning bench. I don't know. I've never been a pastor before. You know, that's why if you go to some, the C church, you go to C church, they have little things, in the, you can kneel in the back of the seat. Come on, move, move on. That's at the C church now. The scripture says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intellect. Intelligent. So I have to understand that. Keep going. So where, where does that leave the philosopher, see? The scholars. That's all those folk. They don't know nothing about God. And the world's brilliant debaters. God has made the wisdom of this world. See, that's all this wisdom of this world. So you can't take all these people out here and think they know something about God. That's the wisdom of this world. God made it to look foolish. Now let me show you how God did that. Just keep on reading. I'm just going to show you that. We're going to read a little of this. He says, since God in his wisdom saw that the world would never know him through human wisdom. So I don't, I don't, it don't make any difference. You can't go to school enough in your life to know God. You've got to get taught the word. Amen. All right? That's human wisdom. He said he has urged, he, I'm sorry, he has used our foolish preaching preaching Christ to save those who believe. That's the only way you're going to do it. So you do see it in said about water baptism. He used foolish preaching, 
preaching Christ, a dead man raised from the dead 2,000 years ago, you can believe in his death being resurrected, he'll save you today. Now that's foolish to some folk, but it's real. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. If a foolish it is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven. See? And it's foolish to the Greek who seek human wisdom. See, that's what the Jews ask. Show us a sign. So when, the, so when, we, when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation. How many, how many of that is in called by God to salvation? Some of y'all won't raise your hand if I promise you eternal life. <laughs> Christ is the power of God. Say that with me. Christ, Christ is the power of God and Christ, Christ is the wisdom of God. All right. So if Christ is the wisdom of God, what do you need to eat to be, have eternal life? That's Christ, right? You got to get Christ in there, right? Now, this, this, this foolish plan of God is wiser than the wiser of human plan. God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. So he's telling you all that, but he said, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world. Few of you were wise in the world's eyes, and you were, few of you were powerful or wealthy when God called you. Not many of you were wealthy, and not many of you were wise. But not God making it that way now. He said, instead, God chose things of the world to consider in order to shame those who think they're wise. See, that's why people can't understand Pastor Crump. Pastor Crump don't know anything. That's what they'll tell you. But that's how God used. God used a refuge, country, plantation, cotton picker plant person. That I can't understand it. And they, they just can't. That boy don't know nothing. It's okay. But that's what God do. God will take somebody who don't know nothing. That's what he does, to preach his word. That's why I'm so hard to, to be to taking, taking serious, because look, look where that boy from. That's what they did Jesus. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Yeah, our Savior did. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop right there. I know it's surprising you, isn't it? That word gets so good, you don't want to stop, do you? But I promise to go one hour. Give the Lord a great big hand for his word. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org. 